episode of the Fantasy Football Legion podcast. That's right, folks. We are not talking comic books. So unless, you know, we it's Metropolis versus Gotham, that's not going to happen in this podcast. This is we are talking NFL, the mother bleeping gridiron. I am Mark, and with me we got Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey Mark, how you doing? Dude, I am pumped. I I went on a rabbit hole before talking this recording. I've watched the last 3 episodes of Hard Knocks on Hulu. I feel like right now I know more about the Raiders than I do about my New England Patriots. So right now, I mean, the sky's the limit. That's how pumped I am. I saw Hard Knocks. All three episodes, oh like back to back to back. You know what's even worse than that is me being a Raiders fan and you being a Patriots fan, I still haven't seen a single episode of Hard Knocks. And I have Hulu with HBO, so that makes zero sense. Dude, it's 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 pretty great. Like the first episode, I was watching the episode and I thought, "Wow, Jonathan Abram is really annoying." That was that was like my first my friend. I'm like, "Dude, this kid talks way too much," and so I don't really know if they're just trying to hype up who the rookies are. But like, I didn't even see like Clean and Farrell. It was just all Abram, a little bit of Antonio Brown. I mean, you would expect when the Raiders sign someone like Vontez Perfect. Or Richie Incognito, that you will get some crazy stuff. No, they didn't even like harp on any of that. But I don't know why. I'm watching Hard Knocks and I'm I'm actually liking the Raiders, and that's not supposed to happen. That's not. No, so no. I, I got I got to stop watching this episode. The Tuck rule was a great call. It was an incomplete oh. pass. It was oh not a fumble. Uh, don't tell Charles Woodson that. But hey, that's it, that's what happened. You it's, know what's uh, that was the first game. I ever remember watch sitting down and watching. I mean, that was like what 2002, 2001. Yeah, 2001. I was, I was what six. I was you know I'm born in '94. I was like seven maybe, and that was the first time I remember sitting down and watching a game. And I just remember my whole household was livid. And uh, you know, Charles Woodson's my favorite player of all time. I'm a big time Michigan fan. You know, shouts out to Fred. Um, uh, but you know Charles Woodson obviously getting drafted to the Raiders was you know kind of big for me. He's my just my favorite all time player. So I'm a little sour on uh, that one. And but, you know what? But did, actually... but did that game make you fall in love with football? Like seeing the passion from like the families and stuff like that. Honestly, I never was like a diehard football fan until I played football myself. And okay. I, you know, I about middle school ish. I went out and played Pop Warner footballs when I started. And that was when I really was able to – I would sit down and watch the games, but I never really had the passion, the fire behind it until I was playing myself and I understood the game better. And what really was really cool was – I don't know if you know who the old Raiders tight end Todd Christensen was. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to meet him at like a local festival, and his daughter-in-law worked with my mom. And so I got a little special meet and greet and actually got to wear one of his Super Bowl rings, which was – that made me fall in love with football right there. Wearing one of those heavy duty rings was oh, I bet. one of the highlights. One of the highlights of my life. Awesome. See, so okay, so then you had like that experience. My experience was, I mean, at least your favorite player is a Hall of Famer. See, well, I, I guess you could say my favorite player is a New England Patriot Hall of Famer, like in the Patriots Hall of Fame. But it's actually Drew Bledsoe. And and, and it's crazy. I was yes, I am one of those guys. That was absolutely furious, even though the Patriots won the first Super Bowl, that they decided to get rid of Bledsoe in favor of Brady. So even though clearly 
you know, they hey, they made the right call. Luckily, they didn't listen to me. Um, but yeah, that that drove me crazy. And my first experience ever watching a football game, believe it or not, mainly because my entire life has been surrounded around baseball, is the nineteen ninety six Super Bowl. It was Bledsoe versus Favre, and this was supposed to be, you know, it was promised to be, you know, the great game. You got two, you know, one up and coming legend with uh, what, with what it looked like Bledsoe was going to be. And you already have the established great quarterback in Brett Favre. So here I am expecting. I'm like, all right, you know what? Cool. Let's see what goes on here. And, yeah, the Patriots absolutely got shellacked. But it was – I don't know if it was just the the mixture of all my Bostonian Cuban family members that – I mean, that's a crazy mix. Bostonians <laughs> and Cuban mixed together. Uh, I saw the experience of what football is, and you don't really get those reactions – in a baseball game. So that was it. I became a New England Patriots fan by them getting blown out by the Green Bay Packers in 1996. And, I mean, since then, I mean, I've done pretty well for myself as a fan. Uh, <laughs> you know, only yeah, you got a couple only, rings. only su- six Super Bowls. That's it. Oh. Not not much. Uh, you know, we're definitely getting seven this year. I mean, but oh my anyways. Um, so, yeah. One thing that we're going to be doing here is that you and I, we are huge fantasy football nuts. I mean, we're we're nerds with comics, but we're also huge sports nerds, and we love fantasy football, and we wanted to combine these kind of like passions that we have, and we're going to be bringing this, you know, to you, give you our advice, kind of like what we're doing, our our the way that we kind of like analyze players and how we're doing our drafts. Uh, we actually have uh, for next week we're going to be doing a live draft, so uh, we are yes. doing a NFL from the NFL app, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, from the NFL app, we got a, a twenty dollar winner takes all league, and we're going to be doing our draft, and we're actually going to be recording while we're going through the draft process, so we can kind of give you an idea of why we're choosing these players, where we would pick them. We'll also give you some rankings from other like skill position players because today what we're going to be doing really is just focusing on the quarterback position uh, with the news, the huge news that happened yesterday with Ant- yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, yesterday. Man, yeah, yeah. that was nuts. Which is well, it was Ant- like Saturday night, I think, was when it really broke because I was at yeah, I was in Monterey having dinner, and all of a sudden, on all the sports TVs was all Andrew Luck, all this Andrew Luck news. Yes, yeah, yeah. So then that, yeah, because that did happen because I was watching the UM game, the UM versus Gators. Um, exactly, yep. So that that news broke out, and it was nuts because I, I know on our on our comic book Legion chat, all we talk about is, man, Andrew Luck is like the guy to draft this year because we felt like the sky was the limit this year. and I, I was eyeballing him, like seriously eyeballing him before that. Yeah, and, and it was, I, I have no idea, like, because honestly, when that react, when that happened, I mean, well, I mean, it hit Twitter by storm. I mean, you got hot takes to you know <laughs> massive support uh, in regards to his decision. Um, and I know we were off the air. You were kind of mentioning a little bit that you're you're on the fence. Yeah, because I, you know, my first reaction was obviously you know Jordan Reed gets his like twenty third concussion last week, and I think of you know he cut off his toe. To, you know, to keep playing it, probably not the, you know, I don't know how exactly wise that was, but I mean, and then you mentioned, you know, Marcus Allen cutting off his finger in the middle of a game and it's just like, I don't know. 
I don't know, my, that football mentality, you know, is the first thing that comes to mind. And it, to me, it's just he obviously lost the passion and the interest of playing, be, you know, because there's guys out there who have pushed through worse in my mind. I'm not going to knock the guy for wanting to retire. That's his decision. I respect that 100 percent. But, you know, that's just where my that was my initial thought. Yeah. I mean, when, when it happened, there there were two things that I thought of. The first one was I I can relate because me playing baseball, I've had I had four surgeries in high school. I had I had scholarships to go to two Division One schools, um, more Division One like Double A, but I had scholarships to go there, and I was tired of the therapy that my body was always hurting. So that that was one thing because it, it's different when you're seeing all your teammates, and they're out there stretching. They're already on the field, and it's like before I can even change into my uniform, I need to be inside of the training room for like an hour. And these are just yeah. with like, you know, some of the minor things. Yeah, sure, I had these surgeries, but playing catch up was never fun. Um now with with Andrew Luck, I mean it I feel like uh, one thing that definitely helps his case is I don't really know how much he needs football. I mean the dude came from Stan, uh, Stanford and I think like he got his degree in like some something like really smart because since he was so smart he didn't have to do what some athletes just do, which is like communications. Or, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm doing business administration. You know, you're just, like, doing the generic stuff. No, like, he, he actually got something, I believe, in, like, engineering or something like that. So I think he has a life outside of that. And I guess it doesn't hurt when I guess he's been pondering the idea of retirement. He speaks with Jim Ursay, and Ursay mentions, you know, which is, I think it was reported today, that the Colts are not going to take any of the money that was owed from the signing bonus to the the roster bonus for showing up. I mean, he's getting everything. So he's as like kind of like, I mean, it's a really nice, it's a classy move uh, from the Colts organization to be able to do to do something like that and just you know dish out thirty two million dollars for what he did in the seven years. Um, I mean that that kind of can also. I'm like wow, so I'm going to still get this and not have to play. I mean, I think that's a little different than you know, having to go through the grind and the pressures of an organization trying to get you onto the football field. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, he's had such a shaky career, but when he's been on the field, he's been, you know, one of the top quarterbacks. I mean, I, I, I say this also not knowing how I would feel if Brady did it, you know? Yeah. I mean that obviously he's got such a more of a, you know, a history behind him. No, no, but I'm saying, like, if Brady, let's just say they won the first, like, two Super Bowls, but he did it after, like, a year seven. So let's just say he tore his ACL, you got the almost perfect season, uh, and then the year after he decides to do it, you're like, whoa, there was so much promise. Because Andrew Luck had the, he had a career year last year. So mm -hmm. seeing that career year, and then, you know, oh, here we go, the Colts get, uh, you know, Marlon Mack. I mean, well, Marlon Mack, He's he's definitely stepped up. You got Hines. I'm like you're like okay. We got two really good running backs uh, that are going to be playing. You got Paris Campbell that the that the Colts ended up drafting. You know Paris. Cam I mean wow. You got Campbell and T. Y. Hilton. All right. You Eric Ebron came out of nowhere. Even though I don't believe he's going to have the season that well that he's definitely not having the season that he had last year with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback, <laughs> but having a healthy Dallas Clark and the. I'm like, man, this was it was it was looking really good. Yeah. Now I gotta ask you because you know, Jacoby Brissett is, you know, your sloppy seconds from No, he was my he was my sloppy thirds. 
<laughs> sloppy thirds. Um, but you know what I say? Here I am saying Dallas Clark. That's like Peyton Manning. I meant Jack Doyle. <laughs> Jack Doyle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And then there's like a third tight end too, isn't there? Um, who else is the third? Um, I I know they have a third one. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's it's not one of those that are like worth. I think it was like Moali. Is it like Moali Cox? Something like that. Is I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think it was but, Molly yeah, Cox. Right. No, um, I mean, he might have had I – th- I know he had like one or two you know, decent games last year, but nothing noteworthy. But, yeah, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. I think Jack Doyle got hurt at the end of last year. No, he got so – he was hurt. Kind of, he was hurt at the start. And that's one the of the start. reasons why Ebron kind of made a name for himself. And then his production s- slowed down at the end because of Jack Doyle coming back. But Ebron was still that touchdown guy, so he was really good in the red zone. Yeah, so I, I knew once there was the two tight ends that both of their productions wasn't really the top tier that what we're going to look for for a tight end when we want to draft. Now we want that tight end who's going to be obviously the number one tight end target who's going to be scoring in the red zone with those two. Uh, and with Jacoby Brissett, my question was going to be, do you think he's going to be the guy to get it done? Because we look back at 2017 where they went eight and eight. They probably, you could say they have more skilled players, better skilled players. I mean, they had Frank Gore. Uh, back then, leading the running back spot, and they had Marlon Mack behind him. Uh, but I feel like their their skilled players are, you know, a, a higher level. Do you think Jacoby Percet will be able to get it done? I don't. Mainly, I mean, I I, I am a fan of the Colts' defense. I think their defense has gotten better. Uh, with oh, without De- a doubt. Yeah. So I mean, I love their linebacking core. Uh, Desir, you know, at, at, at DB, I like it. Uh, I don't think I honestly, if I if I had to guess. I mean, Brissett was thrown into it in 2017. Like, I mean, he got traded for Philip Dorsett. Bam, hey, oh, he's hurt. You know what? You're you're our starting quarterback. And this is now he's got one week where, you know, this entire de- this entire offense, Frank Wright has been working on, okay, this offense is going to be designed around Andrew Luck. We were confident that he's going to come back. Now, maybe behind the scenes, maybe they've been speaking with Andrew a little bit and he's kind of iffy. Where Jacoby could be, but I'm I'm not. From what I've seen, I'm not a I'm not a buyer on um, Jacoby. So my when I think of the Colts now, I'm thinking more of a tank for Tua. <laughs> kind of where I think that they're not. I mean, maybe because of the improved defense and their their you know their improved skill position players overall. Maybe they're they'll be good enough that they won't get like the number one, but I mean we got like three or four really good quarterbacks coming up this year that if they came out during this draft they would have all been selected before Kyler Murray, in my opinion. Oh, so oh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that the Colts from becoming a ten and six, eleven and five team have now become like a four and twelve. Now, one one more question regarding the Colts before we really get into our topic for today. Who do you think this hurts the most, and who do you think this benefits the most? Well, I mean, the ones who are going to be hurt the most in terms of, I'm going to say, are is going to be T.Y. Hilton. I mean, are we talking fantasy? Yeah, fantasy, fantasy-wise. Excuse fantasy, me. I'm going to say, is going to be T.Y. Hilton. Um, because I think now, more than ever... The Jack Doyles, I think the Marlon Max, I think we're going to be getting a lot of checkdowns. And T.Y. Hilton is known for his, you know, speed. 
So I mean, yeah. So he's the one that's going to be doing. I mean, he he is a a really good route runner, but I I I can't see T Y Hilton being a Jarvis Landry, where you're going to have 460 catches in the season, but you're going to have 500 yards. I mean, that's I mean that's kind of Landry's thing. I mean, he's great with those three yard little button hooks or the the slants. That's not really T.Y.'s game, but it might have to become that. Unless, you know, with development and being now another year in Frank Wright's offense, maybe Jacoby's going to surprise people. But I'm not not a believer in it. I think that the running backs are going to be, yes, they're going to probably be a little bit, maybe like a seven-man, eight-man front now, because now they're going to be trying to stop the running game. But I think that because of the speed that now Campbell and Hilton, you got to still respect that. So I think you're still going to have one or two safeties in the back, you know. Uh, I, I will say Hilton's going to be the one that probably gets – is not going to be uh, the the benefactor of this move. And, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go tight ends. Tight ends and maybe – yeah, I'll go tight ends. I mean, tight ends are the quarterback's best friend because they are like the security blanket. So I do, I do believe that they would be the ones that are probably going to – you know, benefit the most. And you, I, I, I'd have to agree with you on the, you know, obviously the T Y Hilton is going to be hurt. Um, I feel like this has a serious asterisk on Marlon Max, you know, pos- draft position status, because, you know, he was really known for being that pass catching uh, running back. And I'm, I'm just curious to see how Jacoby Percet's going to handle that. I mean, we did see Marlon Max workload, you know, increased towards the end of Jacoby Brissett's, you know, 2017 year. Um, but, I mean, as a full-time position in between those two, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, um, I mean, even 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 with Marlon Mack, I mean, he only had 17 receptions last year. So, I even with that, I don't really know how he is as a passing back. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I think maybe now Neam Hines, he had like 63 so I think that if anything, he's probably one of those that are going to benefit a little bit more because, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I see the Colts doing getting a lot of three and outs. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? So with these yeah. kind of three and outs, little by little, I mean, muscle fatigue. I mean, these defensive players are going to be exhausted by halftime. So I think that after that, I mean, if they're playing behind so much, I don't like running backs that are on losing teams as much, mainly – because if you're down really early, then I mean this automatically becomes a passing game. So if you're not yeah, the, if you're not a passing back, yeah, yeah you get schemed, schemed out. I mean, you, there's no spot for you in the play. So. Yeah. So I mean, I I think that Marlon Mack. Now that we think about, it, I mean, I think that he is somebody that, I mean, he can be a good value pick, but I don't think that he's going to be now. Uh, you know, a three four rounder. I mean, I think he's somebody that you can get a little bit later now. Yeah, he's going to be someone who's going to ride my bench, if anything. I mean, I might pick him up. He's definitely not going to be – he was someone I looked at as an RB2. Um, he doesn't have that same value for me uh, right now. i got to see how him – and I mean, I might pick him up in the later rounds as like a, someone to put on my bench for the first couple of weeks and see how they do because he does have that skill to where he can, you know, be explosive and, you know, make some big plays and score some, you know, fantasy points. I mean, what he, he put up a couple 20-point-plus games last year. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I mean, there's still upside with him. I think it's just that it all depends on how the game starts. 
I think like the most value you're going to get with a Marlon Mack is the first quarter. You know, that's kind of like pretty much where you're getting your designed plays. Those first two series in the first and the third quarter, you know, after halftime, you know, those are like designed. Like they know exactly what they're going to call. Everything else is kind of like in-game adjustments. Those in-game adjustments is where I don't see unless they again, unless they're surprising people. And, you know, they are getting some early leads. The defense is doing what they need to do, and they're just trying to play a little bit more of a conservative offense. And that requires a lot more dink and doinks and little run plays. Then maybe Matt can, but that's, I, I just don't think that him overall would be the one that gets hurt the most. I still believe that that's going to be a, a T.Y. Hilton. Absolutely. I, yeah, I can't argue with that. T.Y. Hilton's definitely going to. Have his work cut out for him. But let's go ahead. And I, I feel like we've been harping on the Colts. Yeah. Man, this is like Andrew Colts <laughs> local radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Neither of us are even around Indianapolis. Uh, but, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to um, what we came to talk about today. Yes, and that is going to be t- the quarterbacks. We're going to talk about the quarterback position this week. And the first one that we wanted to talk about, and I guess we can kind of alternate, uh, which is, who are your top quarterbacks that you are looking at in this in this draft? Now, there's kind of the overarching, I, I guess you could say the consensus, which is the number one pick is, I mean, unless you're starting off massive fire with a hot take, it's Patrick Mahomes. Without a doubt. Without yeah. Without a doubt. Based off of what he did last year, obviously there's going to be some regression. I don't see him throwing, you know, 50 plus touchdown passes or if he throws 40, that's going to be ridiculous. But obviously, he's still going to be the number one quarterback in my mind. Yeah, my when, when I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes, I'm looking at, I mean, I, at least it's it's more like eyeball test. You know, it's kind of like when you're looking at a, like a Kobe Bryant. Yes, Kobe Bryant is an amazing basketball player. And when you see him on TV, he's amazing. But then when you actually look at analytics, I'm like, dude, this guy's 30 points on 25 shots. You know, like it, it, it looks a little bit more jaded than what it really is. Like, he's not the most efficient basketball player. When I'm looking at a Patrick Mahomes on, at least from what I see on TV, um, I look at a quarterback that was amazing. Like, well, obviously, amazing at the start. But it was after the news of Kareem Hunt. When Kareem Hunt got suspended, I feel that the Chiefs kind of took a step down, where they became a little bit more manageable. Because Kareem Hunt, outside of being an amazing running back, running, he was an amazing receiving back. So he was a dual threat, everything. I mean, three downs, like he played every down, and he was good at both, in terms of both options. Uh, I don't see Damian Williams being that kind of running back. I mean, to the, the now I guess the benefit is we have Andy Reid, and Andy Reid He's got an. I mean, he's he's awesome when it comes to offensive schemes. So maybe he can kind of scheme him in there. But I am not a believer in Damian Williams, and I think that that is potentially going to hurt the Kansas City Chiefs and mainly Patrick Mahomes when it comes to offense. The other one, in terms of a con, which if there is a con, is I'm really going to be keeping my eye on their defense because their defense was atrocious last year. And getting yeah. and getting Steve Spagnola in defense, um, I believe will help a bit. I think that getting you know kind of like a Kyle Fuller from the Chicago Bears, I think that that can kind of help with the secondary a bit. Um, 
even though I mean, well, Eric Berry, he's been hurt for too long that it's kind of nah. you don't you don't really even think of uh, Eric Berry. Um, so uh, that's that's what I'm looking at to see because now if the Chiefs are absolutely you know just let's just say first second half no the first half and they're up by two three scores and now the defense I mean I, I feel like you're going to be and the defense is doing their part where it's not every game's going to be fifty to forty I think that you might be seeing where, what you're talking about, which is that regression where they might be going more towards the ground game towards the latter half of the games because the games are going to be so blown out because the defense, I mean, all the defense needs to do is make one or two plays, get one turnover, and that can make the difference between a two to three score game. Yeah, because, I mean, you look at the Chiefs and they're pretty much putting points on almost every drive, whether it, you know, Patrick Mahomes is moving the ball on every drive, whether it's just a field goal or, you know, or more than likely the touchdown. We got Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins at times, Travis Kelsey, obviously too. And then, I mean, when you, when I look at it, even Spencer Ware, when Spencer Ware played last year a little bit, he was, you know, a decent back. And I feel like how you said, Andy Reid is a great, you know, offensive scheme coach. I feel like no matter who they have at running back, it's going to be dangerous with Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball because there is you have to respect have no the pass. Idea. You have to respect exactly. the pass. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, and that will and that could benefit the running backs because if you're going to be adding maybe, you know, if you're playing nickel and dime, I mean you're you're only going to probably have maybe two down defensive linemen to have six or seven DBs. Yeah, I can I can see you kind of running all over the place, and that is. I personally don't see um, – I don't see um, – I'm drawing a blank. Damian Williams being that guy, I think a guy who's going to be a, a, a sleeper pick for running back would actually be Darwin Thompson. Now, I'm not saying this because I am biased and I have Darwin Thompson in one of my keeper leagues, um, <laughs> although I, I, I do hope that that is indeed the case. But I do see a like a Tariq Cohen-type running back, and to have a Tariq Cohen-type running back – in the Kansas City Chiefs offense, I think that that's dangerous. So I think that he's somebody to look at. But yeah, I think it, it's consensus where it's going to be um, Patrick Mahomes. But who do who do you have for number two? Uh, my number two pick is actually Jared Goff, and I have been a fan of his since before he came into the NFL when he was playing at Cal. I actually saw him his senior year, and this guy threw for like six touchdowns against Oregon State. And I, right away, I knew this guy was special. And I've been watching him, and I've been a big fan of his, you know, obviously since day one. And now I'm looking at if he has three healthy wide receivers, Robert Woods, Tony Cooks, Cooper Cup, and yeah, exactly. And if those three can stay healthy and play all 16 games and Jared Goff can stay healthy and Todd, if, you know, if Todd Gurley plays even better, uh, you know, but we've got Malcolm Brown, we've got, um, I shoot, what's his name? I've drawn a blank right now. In terms um, of running back, they got Darnell Henderson. They drafted him. Dar yeah. Darrell Henderson. Thank yeah. you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Jared Goff is going to go off this year. I don't mean to rhyme. Um, but based on, I mean, those three, all three of those wide receivers have the potential to, you know, to finish out, you know, the top 20 wide receivers of this year, in, and, and in my opinion. Now now that you're you're saying that, I can actually see golf having a good season. Uh, 
Now, man, it's, it's for fantasy. I, I have trouble sometimes thinking of him as an as elite. Uh, but I can see Goff and McVeigh maybe trying to emphasize a point with him due to how he was exposed in that Super Bowl. Yeah, and this was uh, yeah. kind. Of, this was kind of like um, Kawhi Leonard in the in the Eastern Conference Championship against like the the Milwaukee Bucks, and he exposed the Greek Freak. Where Giannis, it showed like, dude, this guy can't shoot. Like he exposed them when you showed good defense, and the Patriots were able to show that while wow, the Chiefs not only, I mean, not only could the Rams not make any adjustments because they literally stayed the entire game doing the exact same thing. Um, that's one thing. With the NFL being a copycat league, I'm trying to see has McVay, even though, yes, he's a brilliant offensive mind, and he turned Goff into a competent quarterback last year because Goff did not look good under – well, who looks good under Jeff Fisher? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is the NFL's – Jack the Ripper, he is the Zodiac Killer. Don't I? I mean, I used to be like a Titans fan, so I don't even like hearing the name. Ugh. I mean, Jeff Fisher. I, hey, he'll give you eight and eight every year, eight and eight, <laughs> and, a, and an epic stash. Outside of that, I mean, oh. you'll you'll never go. It's a testament to how good of a quarterback like Steve McNair, Steve McNair was that they were able to get to the Super Bowl. Um, so, I mean, that's. I mean, I don't, I, I, per, I don't see him as, as an elite, as a top. I mean, honestly, even my pick that I'm going to be choosing right now, and yes, it's kind of a, a safe pick, which is uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun yeah. Watson is somebody that intrigues me because I think that this guy has all the talent in the world, and he just hasn't gotten there yet. You know what I mean? So when I'm seeing Absolutely. Deshaun Watson. I mean, the first thing that I'm thinking about is, oh my gosh, you know, we have DeAndre Hopkins. You got time, you know, a top, top wide receiver, probably the, the best wide receiver right now in the NFL. Outside of that, though, skill positions, sure, we have um, Will Fuller. Okay, uh, Will Fuller is, he's hurt. You got he's fast. <laughs> I mean, he's, he is fast. Um, but yeah, but I mean, Fuller's hurt. hurt. I mean, you got Kiki. I'm, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Uh, like County Kute. I'm gonna just say, mm. give him. Yeah, Kute. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, that one right there. Eh, I mean, he's hurt too. Lamar Miller. I wasn't. I mean, Lamar Miller's not one of those guys that I feel that teams game plan for. But I mean, he tore his ACL. I believe me personally, Duke Johnson is an upgrade. But mm-hmm. an upgrade in terms of a pass back, you know, like a, a receiving back, I do think that the, the Texans are going to end up making a move. If it's going to be a Canyon Drake for the Dolphins, is it going to be, hey, are they going to go after Melvin Gordon? I think I can see something happening because I don't think that if the Texans, um, if the Texans are going to do anything, I can't see it being, you know, Duke Johnson uh, leading the charge. So even back when, you know, they first signed Duke Johnson and they still had a healthy Lamar Miller, it didn't seem like they were too confident, you know, in giving, you know, Duke Johnson the reins, you know, in declaring that he was going to have a big role in this offense. 
So I could really see them picking. I mean, the Raiders just let go of Doug Martin. I mean, I f- he he's going to be a cheap pickup that someone who's going to want to pick up for maybe a didn't, year. Didn't didn't they just place him on IR? No, we cut him. We we got you know we cut him for good. He's off the roster. Oh, uh, okay. We got three other three other running backs, and um, you know he's going to look for a landing spot. I know uh, Jay Ajayi. Um, he's another one who I don't think he's. I think he's just a free agent, and no one's looked at him really this year. Um, I mean, so there, I definitely... there there are there are options out there, and with running back, we kind of know the state of running backs right now in the NFL is. I mean, there there's kind of like two or three that are above the fray. The other ones, you kind of feel that you can kind of put a a running back anywhere, and you know you can kind of see them being successful. Uh, but I mean, I I think that when you have a quarterback in his prime, you kind of you don't want to waste those years. And then it's going to be too late. I mean, Deshaun Watson already has a, a problem with holding the ball a little too much, too long, where you kind of don't know, is it an offensive line issue or is it a problem where he just holds the ball or it could be a combo. So if he's getting hit as many times as he has gotten hit, I mean, he rushed for over 500 yards. So I think that's one of the reasons why with his stats, with him getting the touchdowns, I mean, he does get the yard to over 4,000 yards passing and I, I believe 553 yards rushing. Rushing plays a big part in fantasy football, and I think that that is something that will definitely help him, um, I think, stay in kind of like that elite status, but I don't know. It's kind of like Mahomes you feel confident in. Watson, I think that, yes, Watson will give you like those big games, but with all these injuries already happening to the skill position players, I mean, it's, you know, time will tell to see how this is going to work. Can Bill O'Brien, is he going to be able to you know, create an offense good enough to be able to, you know, put Watson in the best position. Time will tell. I mean, I mean, he's definitely, what do you have? The the rookie year is five touchdowns, putting up like 40 fantasy points a game. I mean, this guy's definitely has the potential and he's got the number one wide receiver in the league, in my opinion, uh, with DeAndre Hopkins. He's the best in my, that's how I feel. And, yeah, you said he, he he's got the legs to move the ball too on his feet. And didn't they uh, correct me if I'm wrong? They, did they pick up two? The first two picks in the draft were offensive linemen. No, yeah, no, they've definitely have worked on his, the offensive line to protect him, uh, and that's why I feel that if he releases the ball a little bit quicker, I just don't know if you're having Kute and Fuller if they're hurt. I I just can't see if you're doubling. Uh, I mean, I feel like DeAndre Tompkins can catch the ball on anyone. But if oh, he you, was getting doubled every play last year, exactly. Almost. And if with those double teams, I mean, you can always kind of make it even a little tougher. Uh, those are the those are the kind of things that I just don't know because even with those double teams, because of all the play happening around him, I mean, I can see DeAndre, I mean DeAndre having one of those seasons where he has eighty catches. But it's going to be on like 140 targets, just a lot of incompletes, and it's just not going to be that efficient. So there's there's room for concern with with Deshaun Watson, but I think in regards to the overarching crop of the quarterbacks, especially in fantasy, I still that I still believe that he is in that elite status. So here we'll go, we'll go quickly on on our third choice. So who what's your what's your number three? My my number three was actually Deshaun Watson. Uh, but, but since we already just got done talking about him, I'd like to throw out somebody who I almost put him as a sleeper, but because he's becoming more of a household name, this is someone, a quarterback I seriously want to target, and it kind of fits exactly, uh, touches on exactly what we were talking about. Um, but Lamar Jackson, 
the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens Ooh. is falling super low in the drafts. I, I think my buddy picked him up in the 10th round, he was telling me. Just, I feel like he is somebody that I'm seriously going to watch out for. I mean, I just gave away my quarterback, the, one of the quarterbacks I'm going to target. But I feel like he has, I mean, he was on track. You know, he only played, started six games last year, I think. But he was on track to rush for 1,500 yards, if I'm not mistaken, as a quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, with the limited time that he actually was the quarterback, at the end of the season, he was actually, I believe, number seven out of all quarterbacks in terms of points. And this is with a team that did not game plan at all. They were they they started the season with Joe Flacco as their quarterback. They realized yeah. it, and they had to work <laughs> work on the fly to create an offense for Lamar Jackson, who honestly. He did not look good at all passing last year. Um, he has looked much improved this season uh, in the preseason. I mean, again, yes, it is preseason, but he has looked much better. I mean, now we've had a whole full off offseason uh, where they've been able to now create an offense around him where, yes, I actually did have him on my, my sleeper pick uh, because I, I, I believe, honestly, well, I'll, I'll just reveal it here, and then I'll give you my number three, uh, which was I actually had Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen in that in that sleeper sleeper like keep an eye because yes, Josh Allen, I believe he is a much better passer than Lamar Jackson. Uh, I mean, he's going to be running; he, that's going to be his thing as well. I don't think he'll get to fifteen hundred yards, but he's definitely going to be running a lot. Where you're going to be getting a lot of points as a as a running quarterback, but I believe that. Getting now, yes, another season with Zay Jones. I'm I'm high on Zay Jones, not as like a starter, but I think that he's he's a he's a good wide receiver um, for that system, I believe. But honestly, it's the John Brown and Cole Beasley. I think Cole Beasley is going to be one of those. He's one of those wide receivers to like look at because I think that he's going to get targeted a lot, especially in these offenses with the Dink and Dunks. I mean, slot fantasy. In fantasy, slot receivers, in my opinion, have a lot of value if you're playing in PPR. If you're playing standard, do not do not look at someone like Cole Beasley because, I mean, getting the six catches for 50 yards does you nothing in in standard. But in a fantasy, in, in PPR, I think that Cole Beasley has value, and I think that that will help someone like a Josh Allen. So those are actually my sleepers. But I'm actually looking at Baker Mayfield. I think that Baker hey. Mayfield... Baker Mayfield is this is going to be like a it's going to be that season where it, a lot of pressure is going to be put on him mainly because of his mouth. And I think because of his mouth, I mean, he's got like that little cocky swagger which there's nothing wrong with cuz he's kind of in a sense him even to an extent like Cam Newton, they've kind of like little by little are breaking the mold of actually being quarterbacks that have personality. And I, I like that in a QB. I don't always like to see the robotic. I mean, I I have the most boring quarterback out of, I mean, especially in press conferences. You don't see it during the game. You see all that intensity and people love it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of the Baker Mayfield. I think that now with an OBJ, I mean, we got to remember, Baker Mayfield had 26 touchdown passes and he did not play two and a half games. I mean, yeah, I was about to say, when you break the rookie touchdown record, you can have all the swagger you want. You're a young guy coming in, throwing 26 touchdown passes. Yeah, he he, he, walks the, he talks the talk, but he also walks the walk. So Absolutely. So yeah. I, I think that 
he is somebody to look at because yes, he is athletic. Well, he's he's very athletic where he can actually make some plays on his legs. And I think that when you have a Jarvis Landry, now you have an OBJ. You're going to have a Nick Chubb, who I'm very high on. And hey, after week eight, Kareem Hunt's going to be joining the team. I mean, I think Freddie Kitchens is going to have a lot of fun, but he's not going to have as much fun as Baker Mayfield. Now with Baker Mayfield, I think it's going to be the same thing. Getting an Olivier Vernon uh, in that defensive line, now having... Vernon and Miles Garrett with Kirksey, Joel Schubert. I mean, now the defense, I mean, the defensive backs, sure, they drafted Greedy Williams. I don't really know because the dude doesn't like to tackle. So I don't really know how the DBs are, but when you have an incredible pass rush, that a great pass rush hides a weak secondary. So if you're having a great offense, I mean, a good defense, which is limiting points, then again, that kind of does the same thing with Baker Mayfield, which could limit some points his way in regards to the passing. But I think that he's that kind of quarterback that he's going to want to just th- rub it in people's faces and piss everybody off and not care about it. So I'm I'm a, I'm a believer in Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, since I kind of went into the sleeper, I believe. I don't know if you had Lamar Jackson as your sleeper or your number like a, a top pick. Um, but give me give me another sleeper quarterback that you have on your list a sleeper at quarterback um let no i actually was um had a some other sleepers written down for, but for quarterback i i'm struggling with saying this because i don't want to sound biased but don't, don't do it don't do it uh, I'm i mean he do it. i mean he looks great in our on, on hard knocks and those biceps this dude definitely has been lifting weights I don't want to do it, but I'm going to say Derek Carr. I mean, this is me being an optimistic Raiders fan, but I think back – I mean, and if, if he can't do it this year, then I – you know, he's got everything. He's got a, you know, a running back – a workhorse running back, Josh Jacobs, uh, and he's looked spectacular so far from what we've seen. There's no reason to think that he can't, you know, take the rock and run with it. And he's got, you know, the number one – one of the number one wide receivers in the NFL – you know, he also grabbed Tyrell Williams, and we've we've got glimpses of other receivers. You know, Marcel Aitman, Keelan Doss. There's plenty of options. You know, we obviously lost Jared Cook, our number one target last year. I, if Derek Carr has all the opportunity in the world, do I think he can get it done? If this was, if he didn't break his leg two years ago, I would say absolutely. But he was not the same quarterback since then. Uh, I would like to say it's part of the, you know, the coach change. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, I'd like to, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt with all the weapons he's got. Are you, are you not a fan of Chucky or are you just still sour because of uh, Khalil Mack? You know what? Honestly, it's not that I'm, I'm, he's starting to gain my trust. The Khalil Mack was definitely a trust killer. But I was a big fan of Jack Del Rio. I thought that there was no reason to let him go. I thought he did nothing wrong. I, I mean, he led us to a, you know, 13, was it, what were we, 12 and 4, yeah. you know, in 2016. And we were, you know, we were on track to make, I mean, we did make the playoffs. We lost, but, you know. We, I, th- I, th- I just think Gruden, the Davis family, they they have a history. I mean, he's taken them to the Super Bowl. Uh, well, no, he, he actually took, sorry, the Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. man. That, yeah. That was a troll job by me. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I, it's okay. I mean, I, and I, you know, in my, my, <laughs> we could edit that out. 
Um, <laughs> my humble belief is I feel like because of when he went to Tampa Bay and then he did win that Super Bowl, everyone's number one criticism is he won the Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team. Then he comes over to Oakland, not having coached in however many years. And we had this team that I feel like was just missing a few pieces when Jack Del Rio left. We had the offense that was firing on all cylinders until Derek Carr broke his leg. We had one of the best you know, defensive lines at the time with Bruce Irving and Khalil Mack. You know, our defense had some holes in it, but I feel like we were such so close to being a complete team. And uh, when Gruden took over, those prior criticisms of Tampa Bay kind of lingered a little bit. That's my feeling. No, no, I hear just... you. But I, I think that if, I mean, they're really high on Farrell. I mean, let's see what he does. Um, although he's annoying as hell, Jonathan Abrams looks like a freaking stud. So, I'm, I mean, I, I, can, I can see that. And I, and I can see Carr with this defense that looks more improved. I can see him and his offense having more opportunities to be able to get some stuff done. So we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, AB is going to be a lot of help if he finds a helmet that he likes. Um, but if that's <laughs> the case, a lot of endorsement deals. Well, that I mean, too. And that I, you know, I think if, Derek Carr was on this MVP caliber year a couple years back. If he can find that again with this new receiving core, there is nothing in my mind that says that he doesn't have the potential. He's just got to get back on track. He's not been the same quarterback in the past two seasons. No, I hear you. So we'll see. But that actually gets me to the point where uh, before we end up calling this show, the pilot episode, you know, adieu. Let's do a hot take. I right. I, be- I believe that I, I have a good hot take. And if that my is- last one wasn't hot enough. I'm- <laughs> now, that, that was like that was tepid. That was like lukewarm. Uh, but now the hot take that I have is I do not I am not a believer in Tom Brady this year. And yes, Ooh. I am a huge New England Patriot fan. I mean, from anyone that knows me from my Twitter page, from all the, the Boston Red Sox, New England Patriots stuff that I post, I am a New England Patriot fan. I just told you my story. This is my thing. We are going into an offense without Rob Gronkowski. Okay. That mm-hmm. when Gronk is not on the field, the New England Patriots are a completely different team. And we've noticed, we've seen the struggles with Brady. Um, I, I, I see a lot of people on, in terms of, do I think that Brady's going to be perfectly fine? And I think the, I think the Patriots are going to have a great season this year because of, I think, their defense has picked up from what we've got and we've added to it. And now getting, in one week, getting Julian Edelman back from his injury getting Josh Gordon, getting reinstated. Demar- Demarius Thomas just got off the the, in- the physically unable to play list. I mean, we they have skill position players, but not having a tight end that will be able to open up the inside of the field, I think that we're going to be seeing a lot more you know, of that man-to-man coverage. And the man-to-man coverage, you have to be very – when you have Patriot wide receivers that are not known for their – and, yes, we have Nikhil Harry, but Nikhil Harry, the first-round pick, he's been injured. Uh, so mm-hmm. he, after just two amazing catches against the Lions in the preseason, we haven't seen him. So, yes, we've been able to get introduced to a Jacoby Meyer, who, in terms of sleeper picks for wide receivers, keep an eye on Jacoby Meyer because, I mean, Edelman's getting up there in age, and, I mean, it looks like the Patriots found – 
their next diamond in the rough undrafted free agent slot receiver who's going to be the next Walker, the next Edelman. That's kind of like what Patriot fans are believing. But in terms of Brady, I don't know. I think with the Patriots being so situational, I think later in the second half of the season, I mean, yes, the TB12 method, Tom Brady is literally <laughs> like, I, I don't know what kind of stuff with Alex Guerrero that, I mean, this guy is still playing at this level. That's amazing. That's a testament to his dedication and what he's doing. But Brady in the second half, week 10 going forward, especially when you're getting a crunch time in the playoffs, he's not, he hasn't really been that same quarterback and the Patriots have been succeeding because of strong defense and a very, very, very good running game. So, I think I can see the Patriots becoming more of a balanced offense uh, where you're going to be getting James White getting his 10 to 15 touches running. Sony Michelle's going to get his 15 to 20 touches. I can see Brady being more where you really only need him to have those 20, like 25 passes. Like, I, I don't see a lot coming from him in terms of fantasy. So do I think you should draft him? Yes, of course you draft him. But I, I can't see you. You better have some amazing studs on your team. Because I don't see Brady giving you those kind of numbers that you're going to be looking for for like a championship style team. Same thing with Drew Brees. I, I don't think that Drew Brees is going to be there either. Um, I mean, he lost and the running game has only gotten stronger. Um, and I think that with Michael Thomas and Kamara, yes, they are great. But I, I don't see, especially with the Saints getting a better defense, I, I see him also running through that issue where he's not going to be needing to throw 50 times a game. So... Yeah, and um, one thing I, I, you know, since you made that comparison, I, I'd actually have to say I'd be more sold on Drew Brees based off the fact that he also has a pass catching tight end with Jared Cook. Now that's something that I feel like is going to be a great Raider, pairing Raider fan. the two of them. Raider fan. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm trying no, no, to no, no. I, now, I, now I got you. I got you. I will say that I'm also a big believer in Jared Cook to where I actually in the the fantasy league that I'm current that I'm currently in. My two tight ends I have is Zach Ertz and I have Jared Cook. And so I'm hoping to get the more of the Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham kind of connections than what you've seen with like Benjamin Watson. I don't want Cook to have a Watson kind of connection. I'm looking more for a, a Jimmy Graham. So we'll, we'll have to see because Cook's a freak of nature. I mean, the Patriots really went after him aggressively because they knew that they have a huge hole in the tight end position. And, um, I mean, it didn't work out, so I can kind of see Drew Brees making a really big deal. Like, hey, you will have a major part in this offense. And I think when it comes to these play-action passes, I mean, I, I, I can only see him flourishing. So, no, I, I, I do agree. So, if, if, if I had to choose, I would choose the Saints more just because I know that Sean Payton's offenses run more towards the pass. And that's one of the reasons why they didn't really even need Mark Ingram anymore. And that's why, like, it, it wasn't even a big deal to let him go because, yes, you can kind of replace him with a, a much cheaper alternative. But I think that the it with that kind of offense, it's always going to be like a 70-30 towards the pass. Where I think now with the Patriots, the older Brady's getting and as versatile as they are and being so dependent on tight end slot, and now you're only having slot – I can kind of see it being more of a balanced offense on that end. So Brady is somebody I wouldn't really look at. I hope, man, uh, Brady, don't listen to this. I love oh, you, buddy. Geez. I love you. He ain't going <laughs> to well, listen to this. I'm okay. Oh, you never know. 
but I mean, that kind of leads into my hot take, and it's another quarterback to absolutely avoid in your draft. And it's actually another one of Brady's backups. And again, it might seem like I'm just over here as a Bay Area boy, but Jimmy Garoppolo from the 49ers. 0.00 QBR rating. <laughs> is some, oh my gosh. It, I, I remember last year when he got hurt and people were talking about, I mean, at least over here where I'm, you know, living in California, you're either a Raiders fan or a Niners fan where I'm around here. And everybody was so hot on Jimmy G. You know, he had those six games at the end of the two seasons that's ago. Because, that's he because was at, he's pretty. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, dating models out there you know, getting hurt, not focused on football. And when you play on the Niners, I mean, let's be honest, De- Debo Samuel's probably the best offensive weapon he's had his, you know, since he's been a starter. Um, I mean, well, I mean, and- he, he did have a really good connection with, like, Marquise Goodwin. Like, they, they had something in those six games. But honestly, yes, I can see what you mean by Debo Samuel. I actually think it's George Kittle, the tight end. Oh, yeah. yeah I, but, I, I mean, we didn't get to see them last year. That was all, you Exactly, know, yeah. So... And then obviously he he comes out in the preseason this year and his very first pass is an interception. And I then mean, I think in, in practice he threw five uh, interceptions in a row. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get those reports where he's throwing you know five interceptions in practice to you know that's his own team. And, and I don't know. This is just somebody who I will not even consider. You know, even though he's got one of the top three tight ends as one of his targets, uh, and he was so highly ranked to you know last year. And even a lot of people are talking about him. You know, he has a lot of potential this year with these rookie wide receivers, you know, Kittle and the additions at running back with um, Coleman and we get a McKinnon back. Mm-hmm. But he's never proven himself in my mind. And, you know, maybe it's because he came from the, the Patriots to the Niners, two of my absolute favorite teams in the NFL. I mean that sarcastically. Um, no <laughs> offense, Mark. Uh, but, like, um, as a Raider fan, it's just – uh, I'm I, not even going to go down that route. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But he's just not someone that's really been appealing to me at all, and especially with his performance this year and the talk in the offseason, I would just absolutely avoid him. I, I think, uh, and, and I agree, like Garoppolo wouldn't even be a guy that I would look at towards a backup because I feel like he's not going to do anything for me. And I think one of the things that hurts Jimmy G, at least in terms of perception, is yes, he looked decent with the Patriots, but I think that, you know, when you're growing up in that system, I mean, McDaniels has a great system where he just knows how to get people open, where I think any quarterback like a Matt Castle can look competent, can win 10 games, and then go to Kansas City and then absolutely suck. So, <laughs> I mean, that that has happened in multiple times. Even Jacoby Brissett was able to win, uh, uh, granted, I think it was against the Texans, but at that time when they weren't what they are now. But, you know, even he was able to win a, a game, and he kind of looked like a Lamar Jackson, where it was very limited, but he had over 100 yards rushing, and he had a rushing touchdown. The Patriots have a, a great system, and that system benefits. Um, even with Jimmy G, yes, even Jimmy G in those six games, I mean, I think it was, I mean, the defense completely changed. But if you look at his numbers, he didn't have great numbers, especially not for fantasy. So Mm-mm. that was it was kind of a mirage. So yes, when he got hurt, I think that getting that massive contract was so hyper like was very hyperbole and I think a lot of people see him maybe kind of a little bit of the disdain that you also have towards him besides the team and what he's performed when at for a very 
small amount of time he was one of the highest paid quarterbacks for proving nothing, that that can rub a lot of people the wrong way. We'll have to see. I mean, I'm a believer in Kyle Shanahan and his offense, uh, but Jimmy G has done nothing to prove. So I'm with you. I, I can see him being a guy to to avoid. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Look at that. Look at this. A couple of comic book nerds talking football. But yeah, this that's crazy. That's that's going to wrap up the show. Um, again, I just want to do another little PSA that we will be next Sunday, September 1st. We're going to be doing our episode, our live draft. We're going to be posting that on the following day where you can kind of just see if you want to know our thoughts on a fantasy football draft, our process, what is it that we're thinking. Um, you know, you can go ahead and you can follow us. We just opened up a Twitter page. And we and we're just so popular. We got so many fans out of nowhere. I don't know how we got all these followers, but yeah, like you 8, can, yeah. So, <laughs> but you can find us at oh crap! I I just opened it that I don't even remember what it is. What what did we do? FFL Pod? FFL Pod? I don't I don't I remember. Think so. <laughs> See, this is why this is why you have a pilot episode so that we can kind of get all these stupid glitches out of the way. Yeah. Oh crap! It is. It is FFL Pod. There, there we go. We go. So enough. FFL pod or just type fantasy football legion and uh, Jake, where can they find you personally? They can find me at nerd grounds. Always there. Happy to talk sports and comics always. And, um, you know, always to follow back. You follow me. I'll follow you back uh, for the most part, unless you're a terrible person. In <laughs> case I won't. Or um, a Niners fan. Don't bother. I mean, if you have a Niner uh, avatar or like a, a, a Patriots one, he's not going to follow you back. Um, so don't 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 even bother following him. Uh, but me, you can find me <laughs> at Mark Reed's Comics. Uh, you could find me there. Uh, also, if you are a fan of comic books, then you can follow us at over at CB underscore Legion, where we go ahead and we review uh, comic books weekly. But besides that being the case, that's it. Week zero. Thank you guys for listening. That yes. was a fun fun pilot episode. Yes, week zero. We did it. We- we don't we don't we don't week. we don't know our Twitter handle, but hey, we did it. We'll figure it out. We will. With that being <laughs> said, draft David Carr num- da- number one. Whoa, not da- not David Carr. No, not David Carr. That's his brother. Oops. <laughs> oh God. Da- see, David we, Carr was even worse. We gotta see that's this I'm gonna use that as a blooper. Wait, okay, what's his name? Now I'm drawing a blank. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Jeez. Yeah, I can't post this. (laughs) Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Oh, geez. Anyways, talk to you guys later. All right. See you. All right. Thanks, guys.